stuff. Welcome to episode 21 of Good Stuff Sports. I am your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know people in and around the sports that we love. And on today's show, I talk to Bob Katz, and Bob is an author. His most recent book is called EZ and the Intangibles, and it captures the joy of sports and the resilience of a boy who is determined to be a basketball player. Sometimes, and no spoilers here, but sometimes it's not exactly the way that you think it's going to be, okay? That's just the spoiler to get you interested, right? And you should be interested. This is a great book. There's a lot going on. It, it was really fascinating to talk to Bob about you know, his, his experience as a journalist and, and covering the sport of basketball and covering being a referee. And we got to talk about like a you know, fairly significant moment where he talked to and learned from a referee about what it's like to make the call. And, um, and I think that all of this experience that Bob has as a journalist really fed into this, um, to this book, Easy and the Intangibles. And as a father, as someone who, uh, has coach, who coaches youth sports and has coached youth sports, um, it's really, uh, it really hit a lot of the right notes for me in terms of, um, what it's like for youth in sports. You know, sometimes you want to be great, but you're not great. Sometimes you think you got it, but you don't. Um, and how do we, how do we as adults help kids learn these lessons? And how do kids bounce back from these, right? This is a tale of resilience. So here's my conversation with Bobcats. Talk to you at the end of the show. It's, it's, really, uh, it's really awesome on this uh, sort of beautiful Tuesday here to welcome Bobcats to the Good Stuff Kids and Good Stuff Sports podcast. How are you today, Bob? Good to be with you, Mike. I'm fine. All right, great. So, um, where are you located? Are you are you in the uh, the I'm, Met? I'm just I'm right outside of the Boston area, a town uh, called Lexington, Massachusetts. Um, uh, re- reader readers or listeners of yours who are made to study U.S. history would know the town from. Uh, it's not far from Boston. It's where ostensibly the American Revolution began. Oh, nice. Lexington and Concord. Okay, yeah, let's not bury the lead. It's an important spot. Um, so you, you... Otherwise irrelevant to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> right, totally. But maybe it'll come up in some ways. <laughs> um, so you uh, you reached out to me, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, you wrote a book um, called Easy and the Intangibles, which is a sort of... I don't know. In your words, like, what would be the 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 age that you were aiming for with this particular book? And we're going to sort of skip around a little bit, but just to sort of set the scene about what we're going to get into here, we'd love to hear who you were aiming for. Well, it's sort of as teachers know better than I. Uh, reading levels and aptitudes vary, but I would say probably the youngest kind of reader would be around fourth grade. Um, and up into the early or even mid high school years, I, I think the book um, both would resonate and, um, you know, has language and ideas uh, that would wouldn't be dumbed down for that middle high school age either. Um, Absolutely. So that's a broad range, and I'm probably not the so I, I um, the the central character is roughly a sixth grader by the end. Um, not that that designates exactly what age reader would be interested in, but I know that sometimes frames the interest of young readers as how old the main character is. Right. Unless it's a dog or a cat. 
<laughs> so you you are a you're a writer and you've I think you've written, this is your fifth book. Is that right? Maybe more. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Fifth, book? fifth published book. I've got another one I'm concluding. But oh, cool. Um, yes. And, and in that regard. Um, so, yes, I, I've written um, by no means exclusively about sports. Uh, one of my more successful books, um, not that any of them have been wildly successful, was about a school teacher, a nonfiction about a school teacher in um, rural Alaska. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, but I've done and I've been a journalist off and on throughout my career. So I've done a fair amount of writing about sports, but never, uh, I should add, the conventional uh, kind of sports writing, which I don't um, scoff at at all. But that has not been my focus. So mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I think the conventional approach to sports is something that people can uh, pick up with their eyes closed just by walking down the sidewalk and. Um, some of the more unique angles or unique um, points of emphasis are what I've tried to mm -hmm. focus on in my writing. Did Did you grow up as a sports lover, player, etc.? Oh yes, uh, I mean, uh, you know, a, fl uh, a, a flailing and uh, failed athlete, but loving it all the time. <laughs> I grew up uh, in and around Chicago, uh -huh. um, so um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, uh, an avid fan, Chicago Cubs, etc. Mm -hmm. um, moved to Boston in my professional life and um, have continued to uh, play some sports and certainly follow sports. Um, usually fascinated, sometimes, uh, as comes out in some of my writing, gnashing my teeth at the uh, over-the-top cliches that are ever-present in the sports culture. Uh, right. Uh, one, one of the challenges... Uh, in writing this book, Easy in the Intangibles, was, is for me, was how to uh, capture what is compelling about sports to a reader without plunging in up to the eyeballs in sport, sports cliches. And mm -hmm. it's, um, it is hard to write about sports while avoiding cliché because, um, you know, clichés are ever-present and the trajectory of sports stories you know, the come from behind victory, the uh, the losing team that finally gets it together. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you know, I, I don't mean to sound so um, scornful of those because I'm not. But the, but but there is a cliche that kind of embraces the whole experience if you don't watch out. Right. And, and you know, we, I think that part of it is, um, you know, what what when we watch TV and when we watch sports on TV, I'm, it sounds like you and I are, are similar. Like we watch a lot of sports. So, you know, I um, I, I watch the uh, and it's so what I'm trying to get to at is it's always great when something surprising happens. Right. So, for example, that that Eagles and Bears game from this past weekend, you know, mm -hmm. just to sort of be uh, really on the uh, really relevant, I guess. What I was surprised at was. Um, not just that it that he doinked it once off the off of the the post, but that he doinked it once off the off twice off the crossbar. Like things like that are interesting. But what's even more interesting to me is, and I think that that you would probably agree with this, is the way that uh, that the kicker handled it afterwards. I thought he I thought he was super graceful. I thought he was really um, took it in stride. Uh, was very professional about it. So, so, and I think that like the kicker often is, you know, nobody knows about the kicker until the kicker screws up. Like that's sort of the uh -huh, uh -huh, speaking uh -huh. of cliches, but that's like one of the things that happens in football. So 
in terms of like what you're interested in beyond the cliches, right? Like beyond, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, let me jump in right there. Uh, maybe anticipating your question, but I want to jump in before we lose the train of thought that you just, um, were concluding is that, um, the book that I wrote prior to this current book, easy in the intangibles was a, uh, adult nonfiction book about the, sort of the inside experience of an elite college basketball referee. Uh, the book was called The Whistleblower. The subtitle was uh, Rooting for the Ref in the High Stakes World of College Basketball. I mention it um, not just to, to do a further plug, <laughs> although, although I, I, I can hardly resist those things. Yeah, plug away. It's all good. No, but I mention it because uh, exactly what you just said about that kicker is true every minute of every game for an elite basketball referee, and I suspect referees in other sports too, mm -hmm. um, which is you only notice them, and they only grab headline attention when something goes awry. Mm -hmm. They're um, uh, uh, in my book, The Whistleblower. So it was about a, a guy named Ed Hightower who was a referee who did the national championship game four times had done the final four 12. And if you've read my book, Easy and Intangibles, you know that the idea of fairness in sports is a sort of theme that runs uh, through this novel, Easy and the Intangibles, and, and is infused by, you know, what I learned in, in following a referee around, mm -hmm. which is um, that, that invisibility is their goal. And yet, uh, in other words, they don't want to be noticed. They want to uh, kind of, you know, through their various decisions, impose a game that, that looks fair to both teams. Um, but something always happens, and suddenly they're the headline, and it's usually because something has gone wrong. Um, uh, I, what you were saying, Mike, just sort of leapt out at me as, as an analogy to that experience. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that is, uh, and, and that book um, sort of, was the prelude to me writing this book easy, which is how to look at sports fascinating as they are from a different perspective and with a, uh, maybe from a, with a different agenda than just the simple, are you going to lose? Are you going to win or lose? Are you going to become the star or not? Um, will the come from behind miracle develop or not? All of which are fascinating, but there's a lot more about the world of sports and about human beings acting in the world of sports that can prove illuminating. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> One thing that that's interesting to me about that is um, just to sort of expand on the theme and then we're going to get into to easy uh, is the idea of um, if you're not the star, you know, like, so I'm a, I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan and ooh, uh, ooh, right. Which oh. is brutal. <laughs> no yeah, doubt. Yeah, no, but you're a person of character. That be, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I have to, it is, uh, you know, I wear it with pride, sort of, except for when I don't. Um, but so one of their... I would hope it's because you have some geographical connection. There. I did. I, I, I yeah. hope they win every year. No, I'm well beyond that. I am. I grew up there. So I was there during the, the four Super Bowls, you know, sort of coming into my own at that point in, in terms of like growing up. But um, it's the what I what I guess like to expand on the point of, of like the things that you don't necessarily see. It's, it's what happens when, uh, you know, when a player that's not the star gets the respect from 
his teammates, mm-hmm. right? So, so and what I'm saying is like Kyle Williams, who has been a, uh, a sort of a defensive tackle, which is like, you know, just for those who may or may not know, it's that guy that as soon as the ball is, is snapped, he's trying to get the other quarterback, but he doesn't get like the accolades of like a, 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 like a pure pass rusher who gets the sack, right? Like the big play, but he's in charge of making it possible for that guy to get the sack. So mm-hmm. I, I was just really, um, you know, blown away by the uh the way that the team uh lifted him up as he was approaching his last game before retirement because it's not the kind of person that you would watch on the field and be like immediately drawn to you know he's not making you know fancy catches in the end zone he's not even like doing spin moves he's not sacking the quarterback not making interceptions Mm -hmm. like sometimes that stuff happens but i think that i'm really interested as well in this idea of like not just uh, the player and who the player is on the field, but like what happens next? And so I, I think that that's a fascinating theme in addition with the, the work that you did in following the ref. I've heard of Ed Hightower. I remember, I, I know I've heard of him. Did you, when you were talking with him, is he, um, is he known for any of those like big time controversial or, or game changing kinds of calls? And did you talk to him about what that was like? Uh, definitely. Yes. I mean, you cannot do, uh, um, final four or national championship games without um, something happening. I mean, there's just too much tension. And, and I should add, as every sports fan knows, and particularly basketball fans, there's too much ambiguity in what goes on in the mayhem of the game right. to, make, to avoid calls that are controversial. Just, um, the, uh, uh, I'll recount this one quickly. One of the ones that leapt out at me, and, and Ed Hightower, who's now retired, um, the, the other fascinating thing about him and his um, truly admirable character, um, and it sort of informs the book as a kind of sub-theme, is he's a school, you know, most college refs, unlike the pros, have day jobs, almost all of them. And uh, he was a school superintendent in a small town in Illinois. So he would go from being superintendent of schools, you know, every day of the week in this little community to being on national TV on the weekend or oftentimes weeknights, you know, playing a a parallel but a very different role. Anyways, he did a a famous – he was the lead ref in a famous national championship game, um, Memphis – uh, versus Kansas, Derek Rose. Yeah, Derek the, Rose uh, missing, missing the free throws. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, so you remember? Yeah, that. of so course. Yeah. The, oh well, you're <laughs> you know more than me. But in the <laughs> in the waning minute of regulation time, it did go to overtime. Um, uh, this is sort of an a, a undeclared kind of controversy. Um, a um, a Memphis player. It was not Rose. But another Memphis player missed two free throws. Rose may have done that also. I think mm-hmm. he did. But, but uh, that could have iced the game with like 40 or 60 seconds left. And the second, um, there was a timeout after the second missed three throw. And the, the young man, I can't remember the player's name. I think he's currently in the NBA somewhere. The ball bounced back to him. The, there was a timeout. And he just tossed the ball, you know, which is a, or bounced it angrily. And it went way up in the air. And everyone on the Kansas bench was right. shouting technical. You know, that is a classic, you know, the, the rules are very explicit. Technical call, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and, and giving and awarding a, t- a free throw at the end of a regulation time would be a major um, 
benefit to Kansas. I can't remember exactly the score. Anyways, Hightower's the lead ref. He grabbed the ball, and instead of calling a technical, he went up to the young man and said, don't you do that again. Wow. And, and, I, asked, and I asked him, and he said, I am not going to humiliate you know, a 19-year-old. I'm not going to do that to him at the end of a national championship game, no matter what the rules are. Right. Wow. And, that's... I, and I thought that it, that's the kind of gutsy call that you don't often hear about. Right. But, uh, you know, you sort of get my drift there. That, Absolutely. Um, um, anyways. Well, no, <laughs> it, know, it's, it, it, it was the work on that that kind of got that reintroduced me to my love of basketball, which I've always kind of played off and on and just in pickup fashion. Yeah, sure. And, and uh, the book that we're talking about now, Easy and Intangibles, in part in that you've gone through it, um, grows out of that experience. Right. So, what right. what is fairness among um you know on the court uh mm-hmm. yeah so so let's let's turn to the book now and let's uh, sort of get into some of the <clears throat> you know we don't want to give away too much but i think it's i think it's mm-hmm. okay and you're the author and if it gets too into like spoiler territory then we can we can move it in a different direction but i think that like you know the the theme of fairness is really important um what are some of the other themes that, that you were really, really trying to get across through? Let me do a quick summary just because sure. I'm, I'm not, I, and I won't make this an embarrassing, an embarrassingly expensive <laughs> uh, promo. No, it's all um, good. But, but for listeners, and you correct me because uh, you, you know it from a different perspective than me. But, uh, you know, basically, you know, the setting of the book is a, uh, a town that I stay, state right off is a town that's sort of mad about sports. It, it, uh, you know, there are many towns and many communities in America like this. It's not exceptional in my book, but, but the young boy, Easy, uh, his name, Ethan Zanay, so thus his initials, Easy, um, not the word E-A-S-Y, although that gets brought into it here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a young boy is in this town that's crazy about sports. His father, um, was a legendary local high school athlete. Uh, there's some background drama because his father, um, for all his local acclaim, is also currently indicted for financial fraud. Um, so that adds stress to the boy and his family. And like many a boy, particularly those raised by um, either um, successful athlete fathers or fathers who think of themselves as having been <laughs> successful athletes, you know, he wants to follow in those footsteps. It turns out he he lacks uh, skill and a few other things. And, and the basic uh, plot of the book is this boy trying to um, assert himself um, as, a, as a, uh, an athlete, although it seems throughout the book that he's not going to make it, that he lacks the tools. Um, and, he, and as I make a, a point of uh, uh, addressing and it might resonate with some of your listeners. Um, he, his father at this point is in prison and he lacks the kind of family structure that's going to prod him to become a star. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, he keeps moving forward in the sport. Um, I try, as I mentioned early in our discussion, to embrace from a reader's point of view things that are compelling about a young boy trying to master a sport without going all the way into the cliche that often happens. And, I, I, and, and, and there is a kind of turnaround ending um, 
that brings that into focus. So mm-hmm. <laughs> no spoiler alert there. No, but that's no spoiler, the, right. But it's yeah. a it's a very cool ending and it, it sort of ties the themes together. Um, so in terms of uh, of Easy and the intangibles that he um, that he's trying to embody, what and, and basketball fans know this, right? Like basketball fans, like you and I, know that um, in, intangibles are key, like critical, even more important than being able to like be Steph Curry and you know effortlessly make threes from like half court. But what are some of the intangibles? And I think this is fair to get into, and I think it's uh, interesting mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for folks. What are the intangibles that EZ is, is really striving to, to master? Okay, so um, uh, thank you for, for moving the discussion this way. So the, the, the title of the book, um, you know, has a nice kind of lyrical resonance, but it, but it really points to something specific in the story, which is um, at some point, and th- this is not, this won't spoil anyone's reading when easy uh, indeed gets cut from the school team or fails to make it. Um, uh, a, a teacher of his uh, believes that easy is getting kind of socially isolated and should still somehow stay connected to the sport. And he persuades the team's coach to enlist easy as the, t- the team statistician uh, to keep statistics. Um, sports fans know, particularly in recent years, there's a, a greater emphasis on um, through statistics. Let's, let's stay with basketball here, although we could veer to any sport. <laughs> right. That, um, that you know, the, the kind of stuff that appears in the box scores in the newspapers, rebounds, points scored, assists, tell only part of the story, and that there are players um, who are valuable um, and maybe extremely valuable whose statistics in these uh, categories might be undistinguished. So easy sitting on the sideline of his school's team game, um, charged with his coach keeping statistics, feels he tries to develop an eye for unconventional statistics, namely the intangibles. And, um, and, you know, this can be a variety of things. Uh, the book kind of meanders, or not meanders, but it, it touches on several aspects of this. I think basketball fans know that some of these are, are things that don't, don't often get recorded, like, you know, touches and deflections and, and things that are a little more nebulous, but nonetheless, if you're a player or a coach, you know, extremely valuable. Right. Um, where the book goes is that the easy cultivates this sort of eye and expertise for the intangibles. And as I say, um, here I go again, in the promo <laughs> of the book, uh, he does this without knowing that he is about to become one of the intangibles in mm-hmm. the big game. Right. Uh, wow. Awesome. Um, so, and so I think that like the, the, the other, the other challenges in his in his life are are really interesting as well like the the dynamic with the brother um and mm-hmm. and, and like the the overall family dynamic because that's um and i think what's another interesting thing that that i want to applaud you for is that the the reason that the father's in in uh incarcerated right like the mm-hmm. fin- financial fraud like that's that I, I, you know, I've I have never committed financial fraud, but it's something that I think people uh, 
can have their eyes open to us as a potential <laughs> a potential way to end up in jail, and that's not something that we want. And I yeah. think that I mean he's not he's not a bad guy at right, all. But right. he got, it, it ignores it that specific in the book. But he clearly got in over his head. Right. He's a popular local sports guy who seems to have gotten into some uh, real estate investment deals with buddies. Yep. You know that uh, that went wrong. Um, there's a in the book it happened. It comes up a several times where easy. Um, you know, who's who's distressed uh, at his father's incarceration, said to his mom, why doesn't he why doesn't he just pay it back? And she says, it's all it was a lot of money. Uh-huh. <laughs> we were not going to get into specifics. It was a lot yeah, of money. <laughs> but, but the relation. So I do. Um, there are two boys in the book, uh, Easy and his younger brother, Zach, namely ZZ. Um, and I do. And I think of them as sort of representative of, you know, in vague ways of of the contemporary youth sports experience in that easy is avid and um, eager and without skill and, 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 and endures increasing frustration, even humiliation at some point. His brother is being touted as, you know, the, maybe the next big thing in this community. And, you know, you know, he's already playing in little league two or three grades above his age level. And um, so, so a completely, um, uh, they have entirely different experiences, Easy and his brother Zizi, when it comes to the gratifications of youth sports. Right. And, and it comes easier to him. I think that that's really uh, another interesting piece of this is like, how do kids, parents, dads, moms, like when they're, when they excel as athletes in their youth, how do you respond if, you know, any number of things. One, your kid's not into it, just not into it. Or two, they are into it, but just don't have the, uh, they're not just put together or wired in the way that makes it um, effortless. Uh, and how do you, how do you handle that? And then I think there's another piece of it, which is like, when you are a parent in the stands, how do you support your kid, I guess, you know, if they're not doing well. Right. So I, I, mm-hmm. and like, so I'll give you my personal example. I, I'm yeah, for some, sure. for some reason I am coaching my son's flag football team and, and he's pretty good, you know, like he's got instincts. He can, he can really make it happen. But part of my, what I feel like is my job is making sure that the kids who aren't as gifted, who aren't as talented, who, who it doesn't come as easy for get, get the same amount of, touches right like that idea of like mm-hmm. just touching the ball having the ball in your hands making it happen and i think that my son gets frustrated he's like daddy why why can't we throw that long pass again like we had, it was an easy touchdown let's do it again and then like so i don't want to explain to him like well the reason why is because these guys over here are just not as good they're just not as they don't understand the game as well as you do so we want to give them a chance but it's more like everyone's got to have equal and fair touches um so uh-huh. It, well, to that point. Yeah, please. It, well, uh, uh, in in my book, Easy and the Intangibles, um, there is a uh, particularly in the last half, um, there's a recurring kind of plot element where Easy's coach, you know, who's a um, community coach, you know, not a, you know, not a gym teacher at the school, uh-huh. is also the father of the star player on the team. Oh. And one of the thing, one of the intangibles that Easy begins to notice is that the team does better when the star player who's always triple teamed because he's so good passes the ball mm-hmm. and the coach 
who's his dad, the dad, the who's the father of the star player, is very resistant to hearing the, this, you know, statistical disclosure that Easy's come up with, and and that kind of factors into the ending of the book. But mm-hmm. uh, but it, but there again, I'm trying to get into the dynamic of a of an avid father coaching a son and maybe over coaching uh-huh. a son. Yeah. It could be a daughter also. It could be mother-daughter. Of course. Um, uh, losing track of of the the relationship to the other kids, and in this case, losing track of what actually is going to make the team more successful. So at one point, uh, um, I, I have easy, I'm paraphrasing my own writing here, where <laughs> he, he, he points out or uh, that actually their chances of winning, particularly going down into crunch time, uh, so the coach has a has a habit in the book of yelling to his son whenever the son's got the ball in the middle, shoot it, shoot it, screaming at him, knowing that he's the best player. Easy comes to the conclusion, as I point out, if, that our chances it looks like are better when coach keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Well, so, Bob, I, I, this, this book is great, and I love all of the um... – there's a lot of nuance and you cover a lot of ground and I really can't, I, I, it's, it's just important. I think it's important for kids to read. It's important for parents to read, you know, who may or who, who feel like their kids are doing well at sorts or maybe not doing well at sports. And I just love the angle that, um, and we're not, and just like finding those intangibles, finding those like small pieces that can really turn a game because it's not all big plays and touchdowns and three pointers. Um, so, what what is the best way for us to get our hands on this book? Well, at this point, probably Amazon, or um, you could absolutely uh, avail. It's probably not stocked in a lot of local bookstores, but any local bookstore could also order it for you. So those would be the two options. Great. Amazon, Barnes and Noble definitely would order it if they don't have it, um, or a local bookstore could special order it. Great. And so you mentioned that there that you have another book in the works now. Is that a, is that a sports themed book as well? It it, it will not. Uh, okay. Or it is not. So um. But I'll get back to sports at some point. Okay. Well, uh, when you get back to sports, let's do this again because this was awesome. Um, Bob, I can't thank you enough for for your time and for again for reaching out and and easy and the intangibles. As we sort of covered, there's a lot going on under the surface of every bit of it and it's really well thought out and really well done and there's a super twist at the end which is really great um and we didn't give it away which i'm really proud of us for not giving it away (laughs) i really enjoyed it mike i appreciate the time all right um thanks thanks so much bob for reaching out and for making the time to talk to me about easy and the intangibles if you have a sports lover in your family, a, a kid between the, I would say like nine and a million or, you know, or older or whatever, I think that this book is really great and it shows a different side of sports, it shows a different side. So thank you to Bob for taking the time, for being so thoughtful to write such an interesting book and for making this conversation really, really fun. Thanks for listening. Talk to you very soon. Duff.